What's important to you? What's important to me? Making sure my family is well taken care of, my home secure, and not overpaying for necessities like home insurance and car insurance. My South Carolina Farm Bureau agent, Grant Williams, not only ensured I had the correct coverage, but he combed through my policy and removed anything I didn't need, which turned into savings for me. He's professional, very knowledgeable, and a pleasure to work with. Grant not only took care of my home and car insurance needs, more importantly, educated me about life insurance and set me up with a policy that's affordable and earns cash value, which allows me to use the money from the policy while I'm still alive. Most people put life insurance off until it's too late or too expensive. Grant helped me make the adult decision. Call him today at 803-995-8484. If my dad can't save you money on your car insurance, he doesn't even want your business. On this week's episode of Carolina Sports Talk, we talk NBA, the trade deadline. We talk a little big deal, no thing, a special interview, and so much more. Let's go! Another all-new episode of Carolina Sports Talk starts now. Can y'all feel that? Can you feel that thing that's oozing out your doggone hands? That thing is beating your doggone chest right now. Can you feel that? Welcome back to another episode of Carolina Sports Talk. It's your main man, Big Cliff. Thank you for tuning in on your favorite podcast app. Next time, tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Carolina Sports Talk. And to be a part of the show, make sure you email us. Uh, what is the email? It's cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Dot net, dot net. We are excited to be back with you, and as always, I got my main man, DJ Highstar, with me in the building, bro. What's good with you? What's good? What's good? Now, Shout I just... out to everybody there in Sports Nation, Carolina Sports Talk Nation, that is. Yeah, I mean, listen, so I capped hard. I said in the building, but we virtual, you know what I mean? We out here still being COVID safe. My brother's got jobs and businesses and, and, and responsibilities out here in these streets. But we got, well, nonetheless, we out here come to holler at the people and give them what they want, and they want some good sports, right, bro? Correct. You already know. <laughs> what you been up to, man? You had a good weekend and everything? Yeah, man, definitely. Uh, shout out to our, our brother, uh, Big Meech, out there celebrating his birthday this past weekend. We helped him celebrate, uh, brought his birthday in and in, uh, in a, a formidable fashion, uh, as cute as some Omega men would do. Exactly. Read the Bible, um, prayed over the brother, you know, <laughs> drank some kale juice. All of that. A little fellowship out here. Exactly. Right. Well, dog, with with, with football season coming to a, a swift end, we didn't get a chance to watch any games. I didn't even watch the Pro oh, Bowl. I'm not going to get into that. I was about that. to say, you didn't watch that two-hand touch uh, domination? Absolutely not. I didn't even get it. I was just like, nope. I saw somebody on Facebook talking about it, and I was like, oh, the Pro? Yeah, no, nah, I'm good. But uh, with that, uh, the Super Bowl is right around the corner now, where we would normally start off the show with some NFL football. We are going to divert that for a very, very special episode uh, later on in the week. So you guys stay tuned and listen in. We'll have a a Super Bowl preview special uh, exclusively talking about the different storylines and angles coming up in uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday. So in the meantime, we're going to jump straight into the NBA. We're going to talk a little bit of scores and talk about some of these trades. But first, let's get those scores. Yes, for sure, for sure. All right, these scores are from Monday evening, February the 7th. Let's start off with the Raptors and the Hornets. The Raptors over the Hornets, 116-101. to 101. The Heat uh, played the Wizards and dominated uh, against the Wizards, 121-100. to 100. The Suns beat the Bulls, 127-124 to in a close one. Devin Booker put up 38 points in that one. Uh, the Warriors, uh, in true Splash Brothers form, uh, beat the Thunder 110 to 98 with two game ceiling three pointers uh, by Clay and Steph, respectively. And my Knicks fall to the Jazz 113 to 104. Mitchell Robinson uh, sporting a double double with 21 rebounds and 19 points. Uh, but Donovan Mitchell's 32 points too much for the Knicks. Um, any of those uh, scores or games stand out to you? 
Uh, yeah, actually, the um, the Warriors, man. At this point, I don't think it's 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 the Warriors season, man. Kind of how um, dominant they seem to have been earlier on in in a couple of years ago, prior to uh, Clay's injury. They they play some really good basketball, and 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 they're looking like they're they're in shape to kind of go ahead and take this. I don't even see anybody in the East being able to stop them, man. Um, the Heat look good. Uh, of course, the Bulls look good, even though they fell to the Suns. The Suns have been playing consistent ball, but I think they're going to be at a point kind of how they've been throughout their last couple of seasons. Good regular season, and they're going to stumble in, in, in a postseason. So uh, I'm thinking it's the Warriors all the way through, man. Okay. Yeah, uh, I like the confidence that the Warriors have displayed. Uh, Clay kind of has – there's there's something where an athlete, only an athlete can understand. Whenever you go away from the game, for a minute, um, you come back a little bit more heightened cerebrally and you have kind of a more of a wisdom about yourself whenever it comes. If, if you're at that level um, of, of, you know, performing and stuff like that, where some of the mental things, some of the small, just the small things you can pick up on and, and do a little bit easier. In other words, as far as like, you know, your physical ability doesn't necessarily have to be. Uh, through the roof or top tier. We've seen it with MJ mm-hmm. when he transitioned to the uh, fadeaway jumper. We've seen it with Kobe uh, post-surgery, whenever he got the mm-hmm. surgery uh, from the doctor over in Germany, the super doctor and stuff like that. But um, Clay is displaying a, a level of veteranship, if if you will, or like uh, just experience rather that, you know, that's unstoppable. I mean, Steph does it and has done it whenever he's come back from injury, but it's, it's, it's refreshing to see both those guys um, tearing up the floor in the backcourt. And, and, and you, you, you hit the nail squarely on the head for me. It's one thing to have that physical ability and just to be able to dominate. But when your mind elevates to that next level, it's like, nah, now nah, you just real life dangerous. I equate it to like your Tom Brady's of the world for him to have played what 20 years or 22, not 22. However long he was in the NFL, mm-hmm. 19, 18, how many ever years, um, at that consistently high of a level. And he's never been just a physical dominant uh, athlete, but cerebrally he's just been that much more advanced above everybody else. And so for for Clay to have the ability and still regaining that muscle memory with the shooting ability, because he's, not, again, not just a jump-out-of-the-gym athlete or anything, he's a shooter. And so for his head to be now elevated and him to be that much more mindful of the game – Man, those fellas are looking dangerous. Um, not like Mr. Dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Yeah. Uh, himself, who, if we're going to skip back to a couple of nights ago, on Saturday, February the 5th, there was a game between two particular teams. Uh, Before we get into all of that, bro, uh-huh. let's go ahead and just cut to the chase, bro. Because <laughs> to be frank, to be frank, uh-huh. we both... We both predicted the same outcome, did we not? I will fairly give you that that we did. Um, I I did I did um, I did profess that I was or or a claim, if you will, that I was leaving mm-hmm. the uh, vicinity prior to halftime. But let's get hold on. Let's simply let's so give the people okay. Some go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, so, go ahead. And, long and, intro. Go ahead. <laughs> let's walk it out. Walk it out. Uh, but yeah, so as as High Star talked about, we we were celebrating. A, um, was that the same night of Dog's birthday? But either way, of we, course, absolutely. We were there with a, with one of our fraternity brothers celebrating, and the Knicks played the Los Angeles Lakers. If you listening to the, if you have listened uh, to this program ever once before, you know that High Star is a Knicks fan. I'm a Lakers fan. Our frat brother happens to also be a Lakers fan. So we're there. He like they start getting out to this major league, and I was like, "Yo, relax." These guys were a second half team, bro. We got this in the second half. And Dog did say, High Star said, yeah, I'm going to leave at halftime because uh, I'm just going to enjoy this now because y'all probably will pull it out. And in true fashion, the Los Angeles Lakers took care of the Knickerbockers in overtime, 122 to 115. Um, it, it was a good game. I will say that. Y'all looked the part. Um, I don't know where this team was coming from with the new big three, but uh, Russell Westbrook did not play in overtime. I think that that is the... The, the recipe and or foundation and formation. There's another word I'm looking for. I can't find it, but that's mm-hmm. what we need to do <laughs> to be able to Just win more basketball bench. games. It's have clutch. him on the bench point blank. Period. During clutch times. 
Not even during clutch dog. Like I get him Just period. Period. Like I'm done. I'm over <laughs> the experiment. It did not work. He is uh he is a very high risk, high reward player, and his his risks have not been paying off. And so there is no reward for him uh in a Los Angeles Lakers uniform. And I and I hate that I, I like him as a guy. I like his game. I just don't like it as a fit for for the for the Lakers. And I feel like he can go someplace and sell some tickets for a team and be the star attraction for a team. But I don't know that he can be the primary player to lead any team to a championship. Indeed. Um, I'll, let's tr- uh, kind of walk back a little bit to to the game itself again. And when you gave your uh, predictions on it uh, prior to the game, I see people. What people don't understand is. While real recognizes real, hedge recognizes hedge. So that nickname that I've given you a while ago, bro, is because I had that nickname long, long, long before we even started Carolina Sports Talk. Um, I said, not new to this. Exactly. I said when I was asked about the game, hey, it's a win-win for us. Um, And this was prior to the game starting, I believe, or Mm -hmm. right when the game had started. Uh, of course, you know, we jumped out again, exciting uh, first and second quarter, very high scoring and stuff. We probably might have had like 70 points in the first half or something like that. And you did continue to say, hey, we're a second half team. Um, but in that first half, you know, part of the risk that you take on with Russ are these bank shots that in oh. Oklahoma City, he has never had a really an issue with. He was almost a textbook and dare I say, Tim Duncan-esque with his with his backboard mm-hmm. usage. Um, and I don't know where his angle perception has gone or any of that, but it stinks. It, it flat out stinks now. I mean, the and you know, it the production shows and the lack thereof. His stat line: 29 minutes, four mm-hmm. rebounds, mm-hmm. six assists, five points. Um, mm. I mentioned and I alluded to the, to the to the true big three of our team. Malik Monk, uh, 39 minutes, no rebounds, two assists, 29 points. Braun had 29 and Anthony Davis also had 28, both of them playing over 40 minutes. Um, for us to be able to be successful, as you mentioned, not just in that clutch time, but as I said, throughout, I, I don't see, see him um, being much more successful um, than he has been. And so at this point, it is what it is. And that kind of leads us into uh, the time that we're coming up with the trade trade deadline approaching uh, for February the 10th. There have already been some pretty big marquee deals. Um, and we'll, we'll go through a couple of those if you want to. Matter of fact, we'll just go ahead and give you the little quick music. We'll run through them. Uh, according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Pacers have closed in on a deal with Sacramento Kings to send Sabonis, Lamb, and Holiday to the Kings in exchange for Halliburton, Tristan Thompson, Buddy Hill, um, as well as they've already, uh, the Pacers have dealt Karis LeVert to the Cavaliers for Ricky Rubio's extending, expiring contract and some picks. Uh, another big trade that has happened recently, the Trailblazers have dealt C.J. McCollum along with Tony Snell, Larry Nance Jr. to the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Blazers received some picks, Josh Hart, uh, Alexander Walker, uh, Sutteransky, and Luzada in exchange. Um, so those are the pretty big ones, the most recent ones. Now, there have been a couple of other ones. We know like the Cavs trade, uh, traded Levert to the Pacers not long ago. Uh, the Blazers, actually, that actually happened yesterday. Uh, the Blazers traded Powell and Covington to the Clippers. So the Clippers got Norman Powell and Robin, Robert Covington, while the Blazers got Eric Bledsoe, Justice Winslow, Keon Johnson, and a 2025 second-round pick. Um, of any of those that have gone down, bro, which one kind of stands out to you the most? Um, well, definitely the Blazers kind of stripping down their roster and, and doing a clear, clear, like a rebuild, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, also the, uh, Buddy Hill thing, Buddy Hill going back to Indiana, if I'm not mistaken, is mm-hmm. that not where he went to school at out there in the uh, Hoosier yep. state? Yes. It so, is. you know, that, that just stands out to me for, for, um, headline purposes and things like that you know it'd be definitely a ticket seller out there in uh in pacer land uh but yeah outside of that i mean and i i honestly i'm a fan of sabonis as well um so you know excited to see kind of what him and uh drew holiday's brother will do out there in, in sacramento along with jay lamb um always been a big fan of jay lamb also big facts big facts for me you you 
you mentioned it, the Portland Trailblazers um, kind of almost like they're mailing it in at this point. C.J. McCollum was a pinnacle um, linchpin for, for them defensively and offensively. And I think this just absolutely singles and signals um, that Dame Dollar is out of town. He is gone. Um, where do you do think you, that they've had inside information prior to making these moves? Had to. You know, regarding Dame? I, I honestly believe with, with the respect level that he has in that organization and within that franchise, he they had to have had that discussion with him and say, hey, this is what we're thinking. If we're not able to make X, Y, Z, we may have to go ahead and do A, B, C. What are your thoughts? He get, He contributed and... Very likely, he's going to be out as well. Mm. I honestly believe so. Uh, with all of these moves that have been making, um, my mind, of course, automatically goes to my Lakers. Um, my thoughts are we absolutely have to get rid of Brickmaster's flex himself. <laughs> mm. So fair. That's a fair nickname. Yeah. But but here's the problem. $44 million is not Mr. a single triple. Listen, Mr. Single Triple. Mr. Triple. Mr. Triple, triple single. single. Triple single me. himself. Exactly. Um, four, f- six, and five. Come on, bro. Like, the only double you got is minutes? Come on. But anyhow, mm. um, it's going to it's gonna be hard because any anybody or any team, first of all, there's no market out there because nobody wants that. They realize where his production is at this point. They realize, I think, that he is, again, I've mentioned it on air before, he is at this point the Cam Newton of the NBA. A lot of potential, a lot of athleticism, but not necessarily the execution that really, really, really needs to be there and can be there to be able to move forward. So um, with that, where if you could just put on your Sportsdramas hat and, and, and you're in charge of the Lakers now, where would you send him if you could just send him anywhere? Uh, <laughs> I put you on the spot. And, yeah. And, and Rob Palenka's listening because he's like... Right. <laughs> Just send him home. But now, like you said, he got a got a big uh, contract thing to, to have to deal with. So um, perhaps uh, uh, I, yeah, because I'm thinking of a place in the East for him. Perhaps you tried the Washington experiment, tried the Houston experiment. Ah, man, there is this yeah, guy. There's really like. The, the Atlanta, if, maybe. Shout out wherever he goes is gonna have to come behind a young gun. Uh, right. He can't be depended on to uh, to carry a team, and I don't know if he's ready for a bench veteran role to to lead in that way. I know that he's still kind of smelling himself, mm-hmm. and and feels like he's got enough talent to to be in anybody's starting lineup. And the thing is, like you said, when you count risk reward for every maybe 55 to 60 plays you might get one highlight out of Russ and it's a loud loud highlight so he feels like he still has it you know for every for every triple single that you have you have those comebacks that he did against Charlotte or whatnot where it's you know eight to ten eight to twelve points in the last two minutes you know half of them off of three pointers and, and and ones and stuff but it's not it's just not worth it for me, I I wouldn't mind, or I, if I if I had to do exactly what I've asked of you, I would send him to, uh, and it just slipped my mind, to the Houston Rockets. Mm. Send him back there. Um, the only financial obligation there that would make sense is if, if they've not yet traded John Wall, because I hadn't heard any motion on that with him recently. But um, to send him there and swap with John, for John Wall, I think the change of scenery would do them both well. The Rockets are still in a rebuilding stage. So they would just typically just have him there to, again, make some money, fill the seats, um, let John Wall come in, and he can play behind uh, Malik Monk and contribute and do what you got to do. At the end of the season, we're going to cut your uh, salary off the roster and throw some deuces in the air. (laughs) Yeah. Because the Russell Westbrook experience is done. Um, We're we're, we're starting. Go ahead. No, I was considering maybe a – a Philly thing, but I, I just, I, every, everywhere that I turn, I just can't, you know, maybe Detroit. Uh, I don't know. I, <laughs> basketball, just, uh, I don't know. Ground, uh, elephant graveyard. <laughs> I'm just mad. Yeah. I, I frankly am mad that you kind of got me even thinking about this. Cause you know me, I'm Mr. Don't care. 
especially <laughs> about the Lakers. But yeah, I now now I'm befuddled. Now I'm really trying to fi- figure out fits and where it could even possibly and potentially. Yeah, it's 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 a hard thing. And honestly, for the first time, I think in um, the common LeBron James era, there is a good chance that the team that he that we have now and that he has is going to be the team that remains post trade deadline. We know with his teams. Uh, I can remember there was a year in Cleveland where they shipped and, and almost rebuilt the entire roster before the trade deadline just to get some competitive pieces in and try to be the best that they could be. But um, in this year, it's just it's just a harder situation because of the salaries and because of the bigger names, but it, they've just not yet delivered in that regard. Speaking of some of the bigger names, um, let's talk about your New York, New York Knickerbockers. What do you anticipate coming up from them before uh, Thursday's trade deadline? Uh, frankly, not much, honestly. I to be to be again frank with you, I'm not in the least bit concerned, if you will. Um, there were some new pieces that were added on this year. Uh, one Evan Fournier and, mm-hmm. and different guys like that. As far as like, um, what's your man's name from uh, Duke uh, that we just got Cam Reddish and things Reddish. like that. So mm-hmm. I would honestly am giving. Thibodeau, uh, you know, the rest of this season to kind of get chemistry and the defensive, um, the the defensive philosophy together with with you know the team as a whole. But you know, I think our moves are the major moves that we had to make have been made. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really. It sounds horrible to say as a Knicks fan, but I didn't expect too much um, out of this season period, but. You know, um, because of the new pieces, I just don't think that it's the same. Uh, I don't think it's the same gelling factor from last year where uh, Julius Randle is taking everybody to every uh, away gym that we've got uh, an away game at the night before the game. And, right, and we right, all right, right. team workout and stuff like that. No, I think there's too many pieces like, again, big, bigger names like Evan Fournier. R.J. Barrett stepping into his own this season and and things like that to where Cats wasn't really on that board and all bought into, okay, we're going to follow the leader, Julius Randle or whatnot. Um, So, yeah, I don't I don't see too much being done before the 10 for us uh, right now. I I think similar to the Lakers that we're going to kind of ride out the rest of the season with what we've got. Uh, Thibodeau will be able to kind of evaluate uh, what lineups work, what lineups don't work. And, you know, and see who's who's going to be out there to really work hard and, and bust it on the defensive end for him. Now, I know there's not um, a scientific alignment and or method to be able to prove this. But in my mind, each season, there's only um, so much new juice that the league is going to be able to be infused with. And this, here's what I mean by that. Um, every year, there's one team that kind of pops up on the scene and, and plays at a high level where folks didn't quite expect them to be, whether it be because, like you mentioned, the off-court chemistry that's being built or the the methods that are being put in or if it's a new coach or whatever the case may be. Um, there's only a certain level of which that the league can sustain before it starts to tip one way or the other. So it's almost like the balance of power. You're going to have your perennial great teams and then you'll have some teams that just kind of pop onto the scene last year you guys well of course not being a Knicks gonna pop on the scene but last year was your year um especially in the playoffs the the Atlanta Hawks it was their year to kind of shine and do a little bit I honestly believe those two teams this year and we've talked a lot about them this season are going to be the Charlotte Hornets and the Chicago Bulls um to see what they've done thus far and have been able to maintain um for the Bulls to have a good portion of the season held that number one seed, and I'm not sure exactly where they are now, but to have been a great team for that for that amount of time, I think it's their time and their point uh, to kind of move forward. And so we really kind of looking forward to that. A couple of years ago, mm-hmm. it was the it team was the, um, the I start to say Buffalo the um, the Nets, um, the Brooklyn Nets. We and now we see that. They they went and pulled in Harden, and that experiment didn't work. Kyrie's playing hot halftime. Uh, I've even seen some trade rumors coming up with the with them that Harden may be being traded to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, which I think would be actually a good beneficial fit for both teams, especially with the structure that I saw where they would send James Harden over to the Sixers, 
and then in return, they uh, the, the Nets would get Ben Simmons and Clay uh, Clay and Steph's little brother. Uh, and I think both of those deals work for both. The money, of course, balances, and the Nets get something that they really need, somebody coming off the bench and who's going to fill in when Kyrie's not out there. And then they get Ben Simmons, who's one of the most dynamic, honestly, big-bodied dynamic. If you if if you overlook him not being a shooter, there aren't many better than him in the league, point blank. I mean, he's dynamic. He's what Russ used to be. <laughs> he just just get to the rim when he, he can make the right pass he can make the right play he's got the athleticism to finish in, in the in the paint and just be a great player now you couple that with the shooting that you have with Durant and some of the other ones and then you bring in Curry I think that could be a good trade for both sides what do you what do you think on that one yeah I, I believe um that that's not a bad trade at all or um a bad perspective trade if you will um, I don't fully agree with your uh, lauding of, of Ben Simmons. He, he definitely is nice, explosive, lengthy player pause as far as so he's great defensively. Um, you know, his liabilities and stuff on the perimeter is similar to me to one uh, Dwight Howard mm. in, the, in the regards that he needs somebody to infuse confidence in him at all times and, and to tell him like, yo, bro, do you, you know what I'm saying? We need you to be Ben Simmons. So, and I think Kyrie's le- leadership is underrated in that regard. I think him and a KD is somebody that could be in Ben Simmons ear and really activate that part of Ben Simmons game uh, to where he's just simply not afraid to kind of let that thing fly pause or like, you know, of course, like you said, get into the basket is never an issue for him whenever he has the ball on the floor and stuff. But it's just when a defender is standing three or four feet away from him, daring him to shoot or turning their back to him, daring him to shoot. Almost waving him off. <laughs> exactly. And he's like nervous about it. That's where his liability comes in at <clears throat> or whatnot. So you don't think yeah, I, I would definitely... find him a, a sports psychologist to help him get out of that? I mean, again, I, I think it's more or less. Um, or equally rather as important to have the guys that are on the court with you, one of those guys, mm. not even your coach, but one of those guys that's on the court with you that's big time like a KD or a Kyrie Irving to say, hey, man, we need you to go ahead and beat Ben Simmons, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and reminding them during the game and during gameplay. But, you know, that's just me. I, I don't – that yeah – these NBA teams are are not short of resources like that by any chance um, or by any, you know, regard. So I, I definitely could see that. But I think the uh, the teammate, uh, that teammate confidence, you know, teammate giving confidence for life. Hey, but, um, you know what I mean? <clears throat> I, I definitely think that that's a little bit more important. De- definitely, definitely. It's, it's the leaders on a team are important. They help drive not just the the winning but the winning culture and and the team themselves i did want to mention something also uh you you brought up a great point whenever you were saying about the teams that kind of pop up each year and everything like that um along with the hornets and chicago you know i've been we've been saying it all year but i think this is a memphis year as well with with ja coming into his own um you know, and just didn't want to leave them out of the conversation. I think they're one of the teams that have kind of stolen the NBA's heart or NBA fans' hearts now uh, will, this season. I will give you that, but I I don't think that they're ready yet to compete for a championship. I can see it wouldn't surprise me to see Chicago in the conference finals. It wouldn't surprise me to see Charlotte to win a first round series and be competitive in a second. Memphis, I think they are closer to that Charlotte level for me where I could see them winning possibly a first round, maybe making it to the second. Uh, but I wouldn't put them like on a, on a Chicago level. But like you're absolutely right. They've stolen the hearts of the, of the, of the league this year and just the fans across this nation as well. So shout out to Ja, the Carolina kid. We still got to get that Carolina, Carolina sounder for, for all our Carolina folks. Mm-hmm. But um, real quick, before we jump out of the NBA, we do want to give a shout out to Bradley Beal. Um, good, good overall play. I like the, like his game, uh, Really wish he could get out of Washington, but um, it's being reported today that he will miss the remainder of the season due to a torn ligament in his left wrist uh, requiring season-ending surgery. So shout-out to Bradley Beal, man. We wish you a speedy recovery. Recovery is that word. 
And then we'll catch you next season, bro. Uh, so moving on, we had, uh, or we as in you, had the opportunity to get a great interview going on this week. Um, you had a chance to talk with Coach Morton. How did that go for you, man? Oh, man, it was an awesome interview. Again, big shout out to Coach Eric Morton of the um, Carver's Bay Bears out there in uh, Hemingway, South Carolina. I really appreciated the time that he took out uh, to chat with us for a little bit. They were, um, whenever I was interviewing him, it was um, prior to them playing number one, Scott's Branch. Okay, well, I'll tell you Um, what, let's let the people hear it right now. And uh, here is DJ High Star's interview with Coach Morton. It's your main man, DJ High Star here with another exclusive, exclusive interview on behalf of Carolina Sports Talk. Um, make sure that you uh, go to your favorite podcast apps and type in Carolina Sports Talk, catch our episodes, or tell your smart speaker, play Carolina Sports Talk. Now, without further ado, I have the one and only Coach Eric Morton um, out of Hemingway, South Carolina. Well, really, he coaches Carver's Bay Bears out of Hemingway, South Carolina, who are currently number four in the state. Coach Morton, man, I just want to say it's a pleasure having you on, and thank you again for taking time out your schedule to join us. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Glad to be here. Appreciate you, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I know that you guys are number four, but, like, we've been talking a little bit behind the scenes. Y'all climbing to the top and on the road to that chip, um, that that championship. And tonight is a big test in y'all way right uh, right now uh, with Scott's branch. Um, who are, if I'm not mistaken, they're number one in the in the region. Currently, number one in the state. In the state, yeah, absolutely. So um, we know that we got that um, got that whiteout going on tonight out there in Hemingway. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about sure. the game tonight and what to expect out of the game tonight? Well, we got a big one tonight. Carver's Bay is currently ranked number four, so we're going up against the first-ranked team in the state. We all four. Also, region foes. So, we got a lot of we ride on a region title tonight. So, whoever wins tonight probably will win the region. And as a result, we'll get like the first three game home games at home. So, it, it plays a lot. And then most of these kids have families. So, Hemingway and Scott Branch, they got families. So, it's a big night for everybody. Mm, so, so, the gym is definitely going to be packed out, huh? Standing room only. Standing yes, room sir. only. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's talk about a little bit about preparing for the game and everything like that. Who are some of the guys on the team that you lean on as, as leaders of the team, whether it's on or off the court? Well, we are we, 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 we're senior heavy team, so we got about seven kids that are seniors. So they've been in the program for like five or six years. So we looked at them for our, our initial leadership, but the leadership – and the guidance comes from everybody. So it's a family. So everybody's responsible for the next man. So we use the model next, who got my back? So mm-hmm. whoever got my back, it don't matter what class rank or anything. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, with seven seniors, there must be a ton of chemistry on the team as well. Um, a lot of those guys played together since they've been young. They've been playing together since middle school. So. A lot of them already got like six or seven years of just playing, being together. And, and out of the nine, out of the kids, most of them are family. So it's, mm. they grew up together in the same house. So that helps out a lot. Yeah, definitely. And building the, the chemistry and the camaraderie. Um, <laughs> now, I hate to single out any of the guys, especially what you're saying, how much of a family atmosphere that you guys have. But if, are there any... Um, you know, I guess uh, players that, that you guys lean on physically as far as with their performance on the court, uh, that's always an anchor for you guys or that you can always depend on to to kind of deliver and, and, and come through as far as um, playing? We got about about six kids that we depend on constantly. Uh, we're led by the man in the middle. He like 6'5", 260 pounds. So very agile, very gifted, very soft hands. So uh and he's also hopefully going to be a, a South Carolina State signee so for football. So we're mm-hmm. led by him. But our leading scorer is Tevin Young. He averages about 21 a game. Um, so he's our scorer. But uh, we have some guards that go along with him. I got some sharpshooters. And I got a true point guard. He's a junior. So I think we're led by a, a variety of kids. 
But those kids stick out the most. So we got like six kids that we depend on every night. Awesome. Awesome. You you mentioned something interesting. You said South Carolina State and the Bulldogs down there in Orangeburg, South Carolina. When it comes to a lot of these players, whether they're juniors or seniors, what are you and the rest of the coaching staff doing to help prepare them for that next level, um, you know, just in general? Well, me personally, um, I I have a roller deck in my phone that I try to reach out to all the coaches that I think that can help them. But we live in a realistic world, so I don't try to call no D1 players if I don't have them. So most of the cool kids we got are like Division Two, Division One, AA, Division Three, and probably JUCO. So we reach out to them and try to get them to come and watch film or come see the kids. But before we get to them, we um, we try to prepare our kids on what the next step is for basketball or what's the next step in life is. So we prepare them with life skills, basketball, mannerism, etiquette, and what to expect when they get to the next level. So it's a combination mm-hmm. of things that go into it. I'm, I'm glad you had mentioned something also. You said life skills and stuff. And I know as a career or as, you know, as a career right now, a vocation, that you're a mental health counselor. How does that align or how does that line up with um, with coaching these, you know, children and stuff like that? Because I think everything that we do in life is for a purpose. So how is, you know, your, your mental health counseling line up with, with coaching these kids? I think they line up perfectly because the kids that we deal with, Ron, in my area, from the rural area one, probably stricken area two, and they don't have the education background from the parents and older people that they should. So we come in as a mental health, and that, that causes a lot of depression, isolation, stress, and things like that that carries on to their daily life. So as a mental health comes, I get to see a lot of it in the basketball gym because that's their safe haven. And when they come in their safe haven, they open up more to let us know what's going on on the outside and what they got to return to once the game is over. Okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, um, that's awesome. I, I got a couple more questions. I'm going to go ahead and let you go and get ready for that whiteout this evening. But in your unbiased opinion, uh, what is needed from, from you guys um, in order to come out with that victory against Scott's branch tonight, the number one team in the state? One, we're going to have to come out. The first the, the first three minutes of the game is very crucial. So we can't come out flat. We can't come out starting from behind. So we got to start off like we normally do. We play 94 feet, so we don't try to put a half-court game. So we got to get an algorithm early. Um, so if we can get an algorithm early and with the crowd backing us, we should have the advantage going to the second half. So we should be all right. Awesome, awesome. Well, the, the last question that I want before I let you go, Coach Morton, um, I know that you are a huge, huge Showtime and L.A. Laker fan. I mean, talking back back to the Magic days and all of that. What do you think about your Lakers this year, man? What, what's going on? I, I I am actually going to be happy once the season is over. I don't like the way the season is going, but I like our postseason chances with the return of Kendrick Nunn. He'll be healthy. Trevor Ariza has been back for about two weeks. Um, we got we got Horton back, so we I think we good. I look at the game last night and uh, Anthony Davis looked real good, Mister Buzzer Beater. So only only problem I have with our team is we got to put what Russell Westbrook to the bench. He has mm-hmm. to come in with the second unit. He's not a first unit guy. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, man, that, 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 that sounds like a good formula. I mean, and like you mentioned, Kendrick Nunn, that's, that's a, one of my favorite players, but nevertheless, um, I'm gonna go ahead and wrap up. Cause I know that you guys got that white out to get ready for this evening down there in Hemingway. Um, huge sure. packed game. I know, like you said, standing room only and sold out seats and everything like that. Best of luck to you and the rest of the Carver's Bay bears tonight, uh, coach Morton. And thank you again for joining us, man. You want to leave us with anything, any, any final words? Hey, one thing I want to leave you out with, man. If you got somebody and you need somebody to talk to, always reach out to that person. Uh, try to find somebody positive that's going to give you everything that you need mentally, socially, physically when it comes to dealing with situations and try to follow a footprint. So um, one of my biggest favorite thing is sometimes you just don't want to experience everything. Follow some good advice. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Coach Morton, and good luck to you all tonight.
Appreciate you for having me, y'all. Boy, have a good one now. Bro, that was a good interview, man. It's, it's dope to see and listen to Coach Morton talk about his team like that and how together they are and how they, they seem to have each other's backs. Now, if you guys need somebody to have your back, make sure you reach out to Farm Bureau Insurance Agent Grant Williams. If you're looking for auto, home, or life, or even health insurance, make sure you hit up Grant at 803-699-7564 and get all of your insurance needs taken care of. Grant is the kind of guy that you definitely want on your side and who's going to have your back. You, you were mentioning before the interview that, um, and we heard it during the day, they, they had a pretty big game that night, man. How did that turn out for them? Um, well, shout out to Coach Morton and the uh, and the Bears. They actually won that evening um, against Scott's Branch. So what it did was they played. Yeah, so they won sixty five to sixty one okay. on Friday evening, which set them up to play Scott's Branch once again this past Monday. Um, and they beat Scott's Branch this past Monday. In in Summerton, so an away game, sixty one to fifty six. Oh man! And that secured the region championship for them. So congratulations to Coach Morton and the Carver's Bay Bears Absolutely. taking care Shout of business. Out to y'all guys, man! Congratulations. So they're probably bump them up to probably top two, or if not number one in the state, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we're just kind of patiently waiting now for the rankings um, as they prepare for the postseason. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, from the interview, uh, Coach Morton mentioned that they have like two bye weeks with the with the wins and, and securing that region championship or um, they're securing home home court advantage. Definitely. So right. shout out to them once again. That's what's up, man. Uh, if you guys got any of your coaches and or local high school teams or college teams that you want to have focused and featured here on Carolina Sports Talk, shoot us an email, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. We'd love to be able to interview you guys and have you right here spotlighted and focused for all to see as well. Well, at this time, it is time for Big Deal, No Thing. That's a big deal. Nah, that ain't no thing. Where we give you some sports headlines and tell you whether it's a big deal or not a thing. So this week's version of it is going to be centered exclusively around the NBA, excuse me, the NFL's hiring of its new coaches. We know that there were about nine head coaching positions that were open. We spoke last week about the uh, bombshell case um, that Mr. Coach Flores had uh, dropped on the NFL, and we see some of the ramifications about it prior to him making that announcement. There were none that were named, and since then there were two that filled in the last three positions. So let's start with the Denver Broncos, bro. They have hired Coach Nathaniel Hackett as their high, as their head coach. His previous role was as the Packers offensive coordinator from 2019 to 2021. Is that a big deal or no thing? Is he white or black? <laughs> I, uh, I won't do this. I, won't that, do this. I, I uh, greatly appreciate that. Okay. Big good. deal or no, no thing. thing. No nah, thing. that ain't no thing. I am going to say the same thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. What do you say, bro? Uh, he's not one, uh, Mr. Flores, but, uh, that's Listen, my, <laughs> and I'm not upset about it. I say it's not okay, a thing right, because I completely think it's a ploy for them to try to lure Aaron Rodgers. It's like, Hey, look, we got your, uh, your old guy from, um, mm-hmm. from, from your old team here. I know you like your mm-hmm. coordinator. You ought to come on over here and have some transparency and some uh, easy transition over here. So I mean, no, I hate it. Like, no, not a thing. Next up, the Houston Texans have hired Lovey Smith, who was their defensive uh, associate head coach this past year and defensive coordinator. Uh, he replaces David Cully, who had one season on the job. Uh, big deal or no thing? A big deal. That's a big deal. I'm going to say it. That ain't no thing. Nah, that Why ain't no say? thing. Why you say? Oh, you guys will start to see my theme by the end of this thing. But anyways, <laughs> I say that it's a... Just being honest, I'm just saying what I'm not saying. If you can read between the lines, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah a, so this is a big deal. Um, so that the Houston Texans, I wish I wish y'all could see me right now, but I have both of my hands up. Um, but the Houston Texans are pretty much have both of their hands up, like yo, Damn. it ain't us, <laughs> it ain't us. I say it's not a thing for the same reasons that you say. <laughs> Like and, and y'all, I'm, I'm telling y'all, get used to it because it's a thing. They hired Lovey Smith again after 
Uh, all of this went down with Brian Flores and um, it was really done, I believe, to say, look, we got one, y'all. Here's one. It's the it's the trashish position in the league because it's the Houston Texans and they're garbage. Like not just because of the caliber of play, but because of the organization and the way that that franchise is being run. Um, now, I will say that had Flores not dropped that the, the lawsuit when he did that Houston Texans job was likely going to be his. I almost wish the only thing that would have been sweeter than him dropping it on the first day of uh, Black History Month was had he went and gotten a job and then dropped mm -hmm. it. Uh, now, I understand that he had the transparency to communicate with all of the teams that he had been interviewing with. It's like, hey, this is getting ready to come. I am still interested in your position, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But um, Lovey Smith, fresh off of his career with the Bears and then with the uh, University of, um, oh, where was he out in? Uh, in, in uh, the University of Illinois, still there in, um, in Illinois. Um, Lovey, we you are who we who you are, love. <laughs> or as uh, DJ, excuse me, DJ, as uh, Be Easy would say, you are who you are, beloved. Uh, moving forward, mm -hmm. the Jacksonville Jaguars have selected Doug Peterson, uh, who was most recently the head coach of the Eagles from 2016 to 2020. He replaces Urban Meyer after his. Uh, recess version of a head coaching job there, partial season in 2021, and but most most uh, recently Daryl Bevel, who finished the season off as the interim. Big deal or no thing? No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. Not only is it not a thing, it ought to not not. Nah, be that ain't no thing. Why you say, bro? Mm -hmm. Um, like I said, if the if the fans are following where I'm going with this thing, it's not a thing. Now, did 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 he uh coach? Who who is the coach for them for the Eagles when, with their championship? It was him with the Super Bowl. It was oh, okay, but still, it's still not a thing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not gonna say what's already understood, but it's it's no thing for me. Uh, I I am interested to see and and to hear in the next coming weeks why exactly Byron Leftwich did not get that job. Um, all signs pointed to that for a, a, a vast majority of this offseason and through that process. Um, Byron being a part of that franchise for as long as he was, for him being the offensive mind that he is. I don't know if Tampa's just like, yeah, nah, we we you know we rocking with him. He's gonna stay here, and when I do retire, I don't I don't know what it is. I'm interested to see, but for now, I'm saying that's not a thing. Uh, next up, the Las Vegas Raiders have hired Josh McDaniels. Uh, who has most recently been the Patriots offensive coordinator for two since 2012. Uh, we know that he had that brief stint where he accepted the job to be the Colts head coach and was like, just kidding. Uh, and mm -hmm. he is replacing the ousted John Gruden. Um, and then they had an intern, Mr. Rich Bikai, uh, Basica, excuse me, uh, who was the intern coach and finished out, finished out the year. Big deal. No thing. Josh McDaniels to the Raiders. Nah, that ain't no thing. <laughs> nah, that ain't no thing. For the first time tonight, That's I am going to go to other deal. Uh, why you say? <clears throat> I hate keep to to keep stating the obvious, Big Cliff, but I'm I'm consistent and I'm on a mission right now. All right, <laughs> so, so I don't even so, need to ask. Just just know yeah, that that's no, your reason. You're fine. You're fine, brother. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Notice that Lovey Lovey Smith was my only big deal. But let's go ahead. We can continue. <laughs> So I will say this, um, McDaniels, 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 I instantly went back to my Irish roots or Scottish or whatever. Anyway, um, McDaniels is a good coach. There is no doubt that he is a, a, an offensive juggernaut. Like he's got that ability to coach the offensive side of the ball. I think that is what the Raiders have been in like dire need of Derek Carr mixed with him, I think can give us some flashes of what Tom Brady did early on with McDaniels. Um, so I'm excited to see what it can do for the black and silver, just because I, I like him as a coach. He has some quality ability. Um, he was kind of shady for, for backing out of the coach job um, a couple of years ago, but um, yeah, he, he got tired of waiting on Bill Belichick in new England. It's like, yo, let me go get a job for real. We'll see if he actually stays there. Um, so next up the Miami dolphins. I'm interested in seeing how, how you go on this one. Uh, <laughs> they hire the 49ers former offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel who is as we mentioned replacing Brian Flores who was the coach from 2019 to 2021 
Big deal or no thing? Uh, let's go with big deal. Okay. That's a big deal. And I agree. And I That's already know why. Deal. Is there anything else that you'd like to add? <laughs> um, look, man, they, again, they had to do something uh, to, uh, hey, we don't got nothing to do with that type of deal. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, like you said, I they had to fill the spot. Let's just put it that way. All right. Say lesser. <laughs> he comes from a coaching tree that includes Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay, and Cal Shanahan. Um, he's got the roots. I think he has the potential. I, I I understand that he may not have he may have been bumped to the list a little bit earlier because of everything that went down with Brian Flores and specifically because of all of the accusations that Byron that Brian Flores um has levied against the Miami Dolphins. Um it, he he has the ability. It'll be interesting to see if he can execute in the midst of everything else that's going there. Tua needs a steady hand. I, I think that he can be a really quality quarterback in Miami with a steady hand. The defense that Flores is leaving them is a, is a, is a top-notch defense. It's a unit that should be improved upon next year. So I, I wish him the best. Some say that he got the job, again, because of everything that's been going on with Flores. But we shall see. Next right, up. They, um, my fault to cut you off, no, you but they have them saying, you know, again, for those that don't know, uh, let's get this out the way before going any further. <laughs> I am both biracial and lighter skinned. My father is Italian and white. My mother was born in Kingston, Jamaica, and has darker skin. So he's right. like, go ahead on, let's, <laughs> let's get it out in the, in the open right now. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Hilarious. touching it. Not touching it. The Minnesota Vikings have hired Kevin O'Donnell, the Rams offensive coordinator from 2020 to 2021, replacing Mike Zimmer, uh, who was a coach from 2014 to 2021. Big deal, no thing. No thing. Nah, that ain't no thing. I must say it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Let's hear what you say. Why you say? <laughs> oh, I, trust me, I don't have much to say. So <laughs> say, say lesser. Uh, exactly. Ex blackly. For me, Happy Black History Month, everyone. Hey yo, three sixty five. Let's get it. I think this one's a big deal for me because of not because of Kevin O'Donnell. Because I mean, huh? But O'Connell. <laughs> O'Connell. I said McDonald. Did I say McDonald again? O'Donnell. You said O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Potato. Potato. Yeah. Listen, see, because anyway, I'm leaving that right where it is. Jim Harbaugh's interview process with this and how it was almost allegedly wrapped up for him to be there. There's something there. And I don't believe that he did not get the job because they did not choose him. I believe he turned it down. And so I'm interested to see more about this in the coming weeks as the information comes out with that one. But um, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, what this team is able to do. They've got one of the best running backs in the league. Uh, their quarterback is trash, but you know, eh, what you gonna do? Everybody right. can't. Everybody can't be the Panthers. Anyway, moving forward. <laughs> Speaking of the Panthers, let's jump down. We've got two more. Um, the New Orleans Saints have selected Dennis Allen as their new coach. He was the defensive coordinator from fifteen to twenty-one, uh, replacing the. Hold on, real quick. My fault. Go ahead. Dennis Allen. Yes. Not Allen Dennis, who was my roommate in college. Hey, hey I knew where you was going. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Allen. When I first saw his name, like back when I want to say he was with the Raiders, um, I was like, hey, yo, AD, did you? He's like, yeah, I know. No, no. All right, cool. Say less. But uh, yeah, big deal or no thing? No thing. Okay. Nah, that ain't no thing. I'm going to say it's a big deal. That's a big deal. Why, and I already know your reason, so I am going well, to... Well, I, I still do. I, I still got a little sentence to throw out there, though, Big shoot, Cliff. Shoot, shoot. All right? We might be looking at the second coming of Bounty Gate, <laughs> the way that this guy looks, and the way that his goatee is, you know what I mean, salt and pepper, former defensive coordinator. Look, we just we never know when headhunting is, is back. So Dennis Allen actually took over after, right after... Uh, Bounty Gate, not Bounty Gate. Uh, what was it? Yeah, Bounty Gate. Um, and kind of put a steady hand to that defense, and they have been a top ten perennial unit. I say it's not. A, it's a big deal because uh, I'm hoping that his lack of attention to that defense causes them to slip and that they're trash. Um, the NFC South is going to be wide open next year with 
with Drew Brees now gone, with um, I start to say Peyton Manning, with Tom Brady now out of the division, um, it's it's. I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta is continuously trash next year. All we need is a quarterback, and it is our division to walk through. So, please give That's me a quarterback. Hey, please for a quarterback. Um, the New York Giants hire Brian DeBole, uh, the former Bills offensive coordinator from 2018 and 2021, replacing Joe Judge in his <laughs> only season there. Uh, are we doing this? Are we? <laughs> Uh, go ahead, Dave. go ahead. <laughs> Big deal or no thing? Yo, nah, that ain't no thing. Word to no, 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 Word to Bill Belichick. No big thing. That ain't no thing. That's a big deal. That ain't no thing. No, Ladies and gentlemen, the show is now fully off the rails. Word to Bill Belichick. That ain't no thing. That ain't not a thing at all. Yo, shout out to Billy B for giving the fuel and the ammunition necessary you know to send man to the it's moon. Spilling, it's spilling the beans. <laughs> he was like, oh, man, I really messed up. <laughs> I really effed this one up. And he's not going to care because at the end of the day, he is Bill Belichick, baby. Yeah, I mean, like, what are they going to do? They going to find him? Push him out? I really. That's why, he, that's why he responded. The way that he did. Oh, man. I really effed this one up. Uh, oh, well. <laughs> oh, oh, well. Hey, my bad. <laughs> right. I fully... Meanwhile, Brian Flores is somewhere like, wait, what, coach? Huh? What are you wait. talking about? Nah, nothing. Coach, I do just you have this the right, up. Brian? He's like, nah, I don't. You was right. I was wrong. My bad. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you guys have not seen some of the transcripts from that text message, please go read. Google that and look that up. It is pure comedy how much, how zero and how little Bill Belichick cared about the the magnitude of what he had just done. Like, you could literally read it with his scowl and like, oh, yeah, my bad. But anyhow, Brian DeBole, we wish you the best, bro, because like, I wouldn't even want to, like, anyhow. Why do you say it's not a thing, bro? Because we already found out from Bill Belichick about two weeks ago what was going on out there. <laughs> That's why is that a thing? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and it's the Giants. I, I, I like Daniel Jones. He is um, a, an enjoyable and entertaining character, but I just don't know that he's a quarterback that's going to be able to lead that team. Um, I understand, and I've read some uh, reports, that they may be moving on from Saquon Barkley. So I'll be interested in see what happens with him, uh, with Mr. Cavs himself moving forward. So, um, yeah, and it's the Giants at the end of the day. Shout out to the Giants fans. All right, as we get wrapped things up, we've got one email that we want to read to you coming from uh, Audrey W., first time uh, emailer. Not I've sh- not yet had the opportunity to meet you, Audrey, so we appreciate you sending in an email. But her email reads, Hey, Big Cliff and DJ High Star. If the Panthers trade Jimmy G, Cliff, you would make a great Falcons fan. Pause. Like that? Nah, shawty. First of all, bro. First of all, don't disrespect. Well, go ahead. You know what? You know what? You, you know what? I, I, I take it back. Finish reading the letter, man. Let, let yeah, you, welcome, we'll you definitely welcomed all of that smoke. I did. I, I, you know what? Let's get through this, and then we're going to jump on that and, and let the field. If the Panthers trade for Jimmy G, Cliff, you would make a great Falcons fan. With the Super Bowl around the corner, I honestly believe Big Cliff is right and the Bengals have a chance. Joe Burrow is a great quarterback and he has a chance to be an all-time great quarterback with his win. Audrey's saying with his win, like he finna already do this thing. Audrey, we appreciate your email. Uh, I will be reaching out to you to make sure you get your Carolina Sports Talk prize pack. We've got some goodies in there for you coming up. And if you guys have an email that you want uh, to send in or if you want to send a voicemail to be able to have it aired or anything to be a part of the show, say, send us an email, cliff at carolinasportstalk.net. Now, I absolutely welcome this because I said what I said and I meant what I said. But y'all, please don't make me be no Falcons fan, bro. I have dealt with enough <laughs> disappointment. If I got to switch teams and get rid of the team of my youth, of my childhood, can't y'all at least give me a winning team? Y'all can't make me like a Kansas City fan. I can't be like a Patriots. I don't know if I could be a Patriots fan. But whatever y'all tell me I'll do, I guess i do. But y'all's a Falcons? Come on, man. What you saying on it, bro? You invited this <laughs> smoke welcomed all of it right 
you invited all of it. And then, um, listen, because we, you know what I'm saying? We're not really uh, one that has too much time today. But the Facebook post is crazy right now. Oh, when my Panthers do win the Super Bowl. Go ahead with all of that, bro. But shout out. First of all, shout out to, who was it, Audrey? Uh-huh. Audrey Shout w. out to Audrey uh, for, for the letter and for the email. Um, all of that's fine and dandy, ma'am. You know, and listen, I'm, I'm still going with the Rams. Mm. But, but uh, thank you. We, we I mean, I'm sticking by my pick. But I, I thank you. you. You are correct in everything you're saying about Joe Burrow. Joe bro, Joe bro, Joe bro, Joe bro. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know what I'm saying? It, it is what it is, man. For sure. Um, we'll, we'll dive into our picks a little bit with the Super Bowl special. And like I said, make sure you check us out uh, coming up the, later on in the week for that special Super Bowl preview episode. Uh, we're excited for it and it's going to be a great game. We've got a lot of matchups. Uh, and like I said, storylines that we're going to discuss with that coming up soon. So check out and be out on the alert for that. DJ Highstar, before we go, anything you want to holler at the people, man? Uh, again, another big shout out to Coach Eric Morton. And, um, you know, uh, with anybody, again, interested in, you know, us kind of highlighting your sports team, try to make sure that they're in the Carolinas or that you got some Carolina ties. That part. <laughs> <laughs> without further ado man we appreciate you guys for tuning in make sure you check us out on instagram and facebook at carolina sports talk next time tell your smart speaker play carolina sports talk you can be a part of the show by emailing cliff at carolina sports talk.net but look out for that super bowl special Peace.